Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to worship you and to hear your word. Father, I ask now to put a watch over my tongue that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, we pray this word will go out and it will not return void, but will accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Man, I'm having a tough time with jokes. I'm in a drought. So we're going to go back to another greatest hits. You heard it. Laugh anyway. Make me feel better. So anyway, this old cowboy walked into a bar in Montana, and he sat down at the bar, and he told the barmaid, I need three draft beers, please. And she said, do you want them? He was like, no, I want all three at the same time. So he took the, they set the three beers on the table, and he took a sip out of one, and then a sip out of the other, and a sip out of the third one. And the lady said, you know, it would be fresher or nicer or They'd probably be colder if I brought you one at a time. He said, you don't understand. Me and my brothers left Texas, and every Friday night we went and sat down and had a draft beer together. And so this, they are in their new homes now, and everybody does the same thing. So it got to be a habit. Every Friday night, the guy walked in, the lady sat down three cold beers. He'd take a sip out of each one. Well, a couple of months went by, and he came in, and he ordered two. And the whole bar kind of fell quiet because they knew what was going on, and they suspected the worst so he drank his two beers and the the barmaid came over and said i'm sorry to hear did did one of your brothers pass away and he said oh oh no they're fine uh i joined the baptist church i'm not allowed to drink anymore but they still do (laughs) oh me that's one of my favorites Thank y'all for laughing, even though you've heard it before. I appreciate it. All right, so what we'll talk about today is, is um, <clears throat> being my brother's keeper. You ever heard that? It, it was actually said, right, by, by um, Cain after he had killed Abel. God came down and asked him where he was at. And he said, what am I? Am I my brother's keeper? Y- y'all know what I'm talking about? Hold on one second. Um, Genesis, uh, chapter four, uh, in verse nine, we don't have to read the whole story. Y'all know it. Cain killed Abel, uh, verse nine. And then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? And he says, I do not know. And he replied, am I my brother's keeper? And then the Lord talks about why, you know, his blood cries out and I know you killed him and all that kind of stuff and banished him and it was, it, lots of bad things. But that, that thing there to where my brother's keeper, it, it, is, a, it is a foreshadowing of, of what Jesus is going to say is the greatest commandment, right? To love the neighbor as yourself. That we, in, in this society, in this day and age, probably are further away from being our brother's keeper than we ever have been in the modern world, Right? We should be responsible enough as a Christian humans to be concerned over the people who are around us. And, and then not necessarily our siblings, and when we say brother's keeper, but, the, but our, especially our church family and the people who are around us and the people who are in our community, right? <clears throat> I watched a really good uh, video a couple weeks ago. And, and that guy has little tiny kids. And instead of asking his kids, how was your day? He started asking them, who did you help today and how? Who did you help today 
and how. See, if we want to be our brother's keeper, if we want to, to watch out over the body of Christ, we have to be looking for the opportunity to help people around us. And he said in a little interview thing that it went from hearing all of the negative things in his kid's day, right? This kid was mean to me and that happened and this so-and-so stole my french fries or whatever at school, that it turned into, <clears throat> what have you done to help somebody today? That his children started changed their mindset and started looking for an opportunity to help other people because they wanted the best story, right? They wanted to be able to tell dad, well, I helped so-and-so hold the door or I toted somebody's book bag or somebody spilled their food and I helped them clean it up right? These kids changed their mentality and started looking for an opportunity to help their classmates. How much better off would the world be if we quit focusing on the negative stuff that is taking place around us and started longing and looking for the opportunity to help people who are around us? And I know what you say, yeah, but it's the same reason you're not supposed to feed the bears at the park, right? Because if you continue to help them, then they quit fending for themselves. That ain't none of my business. We are supposed to tend to them and take care of them, the people who are around us, right? And so it's really a, it's really a press. And then we're, I know this, am I my brother's keeper, is really out of context, right? But, but it's, a, it's an idea and a, and a setup to, to what Jesus says about it. That really, really makes a big difference. All right, so if you will turn with me to um, Little John, First John, and I think this is pretty neat. I want to show you something. I don't know if I ever seen this before. I want you. I want to show you something. So First John, <clears throat> chapter three and verse sixteen. Not John three sixteen. First John three sixteen. For this is how we know what love is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. For anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity in them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but in actions and in truth. Now, I think it's amazing how the Numbers of the Bible line up. But John 3.16 said, God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And 1 John 3.16 said, hey, you know how we know what love is? We know what love is because of what Christ did. And this is how we should show God's love. Right? We shouldn't just say, hey, I hope everything goes well for you. Good job. Hope it works out. You got a lot of stuff going on? You need some money? You need some food? You need somewhere to live? Man, I'm sure it's going to come around any minute. That We have that problem, right? And in fact, we get made fun of that. Because if somebody has a tragedy on the internet, and I'm not picking on us, but I'm just, I want to show it as an example. If somebody has a tragedy or something happened on the internet, we send thoughts and prayers. Right? We say, I mean, right? Thoughts and prayers. Prayers and thoughts. And I don't really want you to know my thoughts, but I do want you to have my prayer, right? I do want to send my prayers, right? And, and, and I pray for y'all a lot, right? I hope y'all pray for me, because that'd be much appreciated. But, but, but sometimes when you see stuff happen, I want you to pray for them, 
but I also want you to giddy up and get involved and maybe just like, you know, show up and help them. Go cut their grass. Go take their, roll their trash can to the road. Take them a meal. I mean, what does it cost you really? I mean, look, look. <laughs> this group of people are some of the most blessed individuals I know with health and finances and homes and families and loving families. You are some of the most blessed people I know. You are the most blessed people I know per capita, right? So how can we not be looking for the opportunity to give that back into the world? Right? Not, not to, you know, old uncle so-and-so. Although he's on the list. It's to everybody we touch and see and talk to and walk around. <clears throat> It is the opportunity as a Christian that you hold the light of the world on the inside of you and the good news of the gospel that it goes everywhere with you. And sometimes if you were to show up and do something nice for somebody, they might just want to know why. Be a pretty good lead in. You know, I've been praying and God asked me to come do this for you. Well, why? Well, Funny you should ask, because he sent his only son to die for you, for you to be redeemed from your sin to where you don't have to go to hell. That, that's a pretty good pitch. But as Christians, as the hands and feet of Christ, we are, in fact, in charge of the people who are around us. We are. <clears throat> think about what Jesus did in his ministry, right? They took, I mean, they had money, right? Judas collected all the money. And they gave money to people who needed money. And they, well, I mean, what did he do? He didn't, he didn't fix them a meal. He fixed them a meal. Is that how that works? He took some loaves and some fish and then fed like a, some folks, right? I mean, he didn't ever send them away hungry. He always seemed to be caring for them. Uh, turn with me to Romans. I think I'm done in First John. Y'all got it? Right? To love in action and not in words. Um, Romans 12. Oh man, in my Bible, it says right at the top of this that it says love in action. That's amazing. Romans 12, 9. Love must be sincere to hate what is evil, but cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spirit, spiritual fervor serving the Lord, and be joyful in hope, and patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. 13. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and mourn with those who will mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people in low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what you do is right in the eyes of everyone. It is an opportunity for us to show up and show them what God looks like in person. That the God of love, who has blessed us beyond measure, that we should be able to share with the Lord's people in need. Now we do, right? I mean... And, and it, it's a shame. We, we really got to figure it out. And, and it's been some, some conversations happening behind closed doors. But I don't know if you know or not, but Cal and, you hadn't heard anything about Cal and Lacey, right? They, they, they closed the Monk's Corner thing, right? And it's really cut off one of our 
really good opportunities to pour into the community. So we have been looking for opportunity to pour in the community and other places. And we have a couple of potentials, and we just got to figure it out. But we, as a group, you will never know. You will never know how much this church pours into the community. And that is fantastic, right? And that's on purpose, right? The Bible says not let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. You, you don't know because that's not how we do business. And I'm not talking about on the church level, although in the church level we do well. On the individual level we do well, but it is imperative that we are participating on the individual level, that we are about God's business, that we are looking for people to help, that we are looking for folks in need. We are looking for people who need a hand up. That, that's our job. As the hands and feet of Christ, that's our job. And, and how can we walk around being blessed, right, and knowing who we are and not tending to other folks? All right. <clears throat> I'm glad that air conditioning is on. Uh, turn with me to Galatians. <clears throat> this is a toughie. Uh, Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled by keeping this com one commandment. For love your neighbor as yourself. Now that's tough. Right? That's tough. And it's not talking about the person that lives next door to you. Right? It's the people who live in the community with you. The people who are around you. Right? I mean, it could be the people next door. I mean... Caleb lives next door to me, and I, I try to tend to them every once in a while. I mean, we go back and forth. Hey, I made something good. Y'all eat supper yet? Here, try this. Caleb got me yesterday. It was like, hey, I got some. I, so we were coming up here to get ready for the float, right, like 3 o'clock. And my truck was parked inside the building. And the last thing I did was ate a Reese's cup and a brownie and drank about this much of milk, because that's what I like to do, walking out the door. And I sat down in the truck, and Caleb said, here, try this. And I said, what is it? And he said, venison bacon. And I looked at it and said, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> my, my milk and, and chocolate and peanut butter is perfect. I'm not going to try it. I'll try it today, Caleb. But we had to tend to our neighbors, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, when you say that, and that's easy to love your neighbor as yourself, but you ever let yourself go to bed hungry? If you could help it. Now, you might. Now, if you in the well, I got to lose 10 pounds in two weeks, ideal, because I look fat in my dress. I mean, clothes. Sorry, I did not mean that to come out of this dress. I did not. That was a Freudian slip. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, but if the shoe fits, I mean, you can wear both of them. But, so we don't let ourselves intentionally go hungry or cold. Um, well, if you're a mama, you might go without new clothes because you're worried about what your kids look like. But you know what I'm saying in general, right? You don't allow yourself to be not taken care of. Now, now look, here's the problem when you say love your neighbor as yourself. If you take love or your neighbor as out of the middle of that sentence and it says love yourself, which is what the world is pushing right now is the self-first, self-centered, self-minded. It's all about what you want, when you want it, how you want it. 
See, that's the difference between what God's Word says about you and what the world says about you. Because the world wants you to spoil yourself and take all this extravagant stuff and it's me, 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 me. Me, me, me. Set me up on a pedestal. I'm so self-centered, self-worship, self-gratification. Just all about me. And then this, this commandment says to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I'm not saying that I think you like buying Botox for your neighbor or, or you're getting your neighbor's uh, nails done or, or buying your neighbor a new shotgun, right? And I'll, I'll throw the guys in there. We, we, we'll be fair. Uh, uh, <clears throat> but when you, when you love your neighbor as yourself, they can't be without food, shelter, warmth, right? I mean, you're, not, you're not doing that. You're not treating yourself that way, right? So there's a slippery slope between self-gratification and self-worship and self-idolization, basically, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And I would say it needs to be more in the, um, we got to worry about them like we worry about us, okay? All right. Man, you know, he quoted that in Galatians. It it came from somewhere else. Y'all know that? So if you turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22 and 37, this is where the greatest commandment came from. Oh, let's, wait a minute, let's go to 34, I'm sorry. Let's set it up. It's a conversation, an argument, a discussion, whatever you want to call it. 34, and hearing that, Jesus silenced the Sadducees, and the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, fine, upstanding church member, somebody who had memorized all the stuff, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You take the Ten Commandments and you can segregate them out. Part of them line up with love your God first. The other part is love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how can you say that? Uh, Steal, kill, envy, Take all of those things out, right? And put them right back into loving your neighbor as yourself. No idols, no God before me, right? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. He is trying to get them to understand that how you treat people around you is what God wants you to look like. God does not want us out here harassing and torturing and beating, and He wants us to be the love of Christ. He wants us to be the hands and feet to where we're going all the world and preach the gospel and we heal the sick and cast out demons and feed the hungry and serve the unfortunate, right? <clears throat> There's a guy who, who has passed away now who was in the, um, and I've told you all about him before, but it, it, every time it comes up, it's in this sermon. It, <clears throat> the guy that was in the pastor's conference, this little Indian guy, and um, he, he was 12 or 13 years old when the American missionary showed up in, in India. And uh, he had just watched, watched his cousin starve to death 
and he was days away from starving to death. And this group of missionaries came in, and they had food and supplies, and they said, all we need you to do is listen to us, and when you listen to us, then we will feed you, and we'll tend to you, and we'll care for you, and all that. And that is something that we do. And he said, everybody wants to tell you, the media wants to tell you that everybody hates Americans. He said, that is not true. The people around the world love the Americans for what they have done in the missions and helping people and freedom and all of that stuff. But he, he really had a, he had a miracle, right? Satish said when they got finished preaching the gospel, right, he got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. He hadn't eaten in like 20-something days. He said within minutes that he was full. And then they said, do you want to eat? And he said, why would I want to eat? I'm full. And they were like, what do you mean? And he said, well, didn't you tell me the Bible says that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God? It was not until the next day did he take their food and eat. Although he said that the Holy Spirit came on the inside of him and filled him, right, completely. So every day of his life, Every day of his life, from that day until the day he passed away, he spent three hours in the morning before he did anything else, reading and worshiping and enjoying God's word before he took a mouthful of food or did anything. So if his flight left at 6 and he had to be at the airport at 4, he got up at 1 where he could spend three hours in the presence of God because he knew how valuable it was because he saw people who were starving to death being fed and knew that that's what his life was going to be dedicated to, right? So <clears throat> we have both of these things. We have the food that they need, and we have the Word and the Holy Spirit and the love of God that they need. We, we possess it. So what stops us from giving it out? And, then, and everybody has a different answer for that, and I don't know. But I want to end with this. Flip with me to, like, three pages in my Bible. I don't know how many it is in yours. Oh, Matthew 25. And, if, you know, if you knew me, you knew this was coming at the end of this sermon. I, I, I wrote this one down first because this is the one. Uh, Matthew 35, I'm, excuse me, 25, Matthew 25, 34. Matthew 25, 34. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come in, you who are blessed. My father will take you. Your inheritance, the kingdom, was prepared for since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me in. For I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. And I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? For when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, <clears throat> truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these <clears throat> brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. <clears throat> Every time. I can't even read it in by myself. Whatever you did for the least of these, <clears throat> you did for me. So, 
And I, look, you get it. I get it. You get hung up. Well, that guy's a crackhead. I don't care. I don't care what he is. I don't care where he come from. I don't care how he got there. I don't care what he's got going on. If you did it for the least of these, you did it to me. <clears throat> there is no greater feeling that I can come up with other than leading somebody to Christ than doing something for somebody who is never able to repay you back. I'm not talking about like doing a favor for somebody and you know that they're going to give it back. I'm talking about going and finding somebody that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that cannot pay you back. For the least of these, the, the people that are in the worst situations, the people who are in the most need, in the dire straits, that has got to be our number one target. That's why our ministry to that children's home has been one of the most fulfilling things. <clears throat> when you ask them for a Christmas list, now look, <laughs> y'all ask y'all's kids for Christmas lists? And it's like iPads and computers and crazy tennis shoes and all of that. And, and we saw a little bit of that in that. But almost every one of those Christmas lists had like underwear, toothbrushes, deodorant, you know, Christmas list stuff, right? You know, Crystal and I argue with this, right? Crystal has some like the, uh, I don't know what you call it, supplements that she takes. And one of those people were having a sale this week. And she said, if I can buy this thing with the supplements, that'll just be my Christmas. <laughs> you know, the medicine that I take to help me, if I could just buy it, it'll just be my Christmas. Y'all believe that? That that's going to be Christmas Christmas? Yeah, I don't believe that either. But, but, the, but the least of these, right, the things that we laugh at it being on the Christmas list, the, the, the underwear and the socks and the, and the clothes, right? Not, not like clothes like, now look, every once in a while it was like, I need a polo this or Tommy Hilfinger that. Or I don't even know. I ain't smart enough to know what the, them's old things, but whatever, the Lululemons or the whoever's, right? But those kids wanted the basic necessities. They didn't want what we wanted. Now, one kid did put on a, a pair of baby blue Jordans on there. And I don't know how he came up with baby blue Jordans. Any of y'all know how much baby blue Jordans cost? They're like $2,500. They're collectibles items. We did not buy him baby blue Jordan. We bought him a pair of Jordans that was slightly different color. And he was ecstatic, right? It, it is amazing when you see people who have absolutely nothing what they ask for. Because one child in there said, I, I don't even know what this means. I've never even written a Christmas list before. I've never gotten anything for Christmas. This is all like a joke, right? No idea. Like, no, no, really, if you write stuff down on there, these people that you don't know are going to buy you these things, and they're going to give them to you and expect nothing in return. See, that... That is the least of these. People who have no concept of why you would give them what you're giving them and for what reason, that, <clears throat> that's the least of these. <clears throat> so when Cain asked, what am I, my brother's keeper? God should have said, well, yeah, that's what I expect. In fact, later on, my son is going to preach that to the world that if you did it to the least of these, 
You did it to me. That's us. We are supposed to be taking care of those folks, the least of these. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We thank you for the <clears throat> seed, for the sower. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to bless the folks that you send. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.